What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. It's your boy Marty Bent here on a Friday morning, early in the morning here for a TFTC uh, session. It's actually a rabbit hole recap episode. Matt is in Latvia right now in Riga. What's going on, Matt? How are your travels? How's it going, freaks? How's it going, Marty? It's uh, it's 5.47 here in the afternoon, so um, I've already started drinking. Nice. How's your day been? What's been, what's been going on out there? It's it's great here. It's great here. You're you're sorely missed. Everyone is everyone is looking for you. They're asking where my my podcast husband is. Um, it's just we've met a lot of great people already. Uh, chilled with uh, Rodolfo a lot. Fucking love that dude. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. I met Coinshare for the first time. That was awesome. Just a really well, beautiful city. Send everybody my love. I had an incredible time last year. I'm sad I can't be there this year, but I'm all traveled out right now. Um, but yeah, I don't want to interrupt your night. So we're going to try to keep this at a tight hour right now. I'm checking the price of Bitcoin, uh, using the new TFTC.io ticker. Current price is $10,317 and 20 cents. And the current block height is 594,686. Um, before we jump into the topics, we got a lot of topics to talk about. Got to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Cash App. You already know all about them. If you haven't downloaded the Cash App yet and you're living in America and you're trying to buy Bitcoin, what the hell are you waiting for? Use the code StackingSats, one word, S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You're going to get $5. $5 is going to go to Al's Lacrosse, charity very near and dear to our hearts. Then you're going to get the functionalities of the Cash App, buy, sell Bitcoin, Send Bitcoin, receive Bitcoin, and then the boost. Go save a dollar buying coffee at a local coffee shop, 5% of Whole Foods, a bunch of other boosts. Download the Cash App. Use the code StackingSats today. Go to your local app shop and do that. Uh, we got to give a shout out to Unchained Capital as well. Uh, they've got their two of three multi-sig volt program uh, where they're allowing you to use a Trezor or Ledger hardware wallet. You hold two keys, they hold one. You can always move your Bitcoin out of their vaults without them. But if you ever need their help, you can say, hey, Unchained, I need you to sign uh, this message for us and help us move this Bitcoin. Uh, on top of that, they have their loan program on the other side where you can use your Bitcoin as collateral to get U.S. dollar loans uh, that you can then spend freely. Um, so go to www.unchained-capital.com vaults to check out their, their vaults program today. And the last sponsor relatively new sponsor huge fan of these boys we had them on the podcast uh over the summer the bull bitcoin team uh it's canada's only bitcoin maximalist brokerage it has some of the lowest rates in canada all you canadian freaks out there uh we know you're out there thank you for coming out last week on twitter um if you use bull bitcoin you can fund it via uh, e-transfer wire flex pin voucher uh, it's non-custodial you send uh, the money, they send Bitcoin straight to your wallet. You provide an address. They're always running Wasabi. They're very privacy conscious. Uh, you can pay nearly any Canadian bill with Bitcoin, and they're never going to support shitcoins. So find them at bullbitcoin.com. And if you're not in Canada and you just want to support them, buy some merch, go to bitcoinoutlet.com. They have some pretty cool merch. And if you actually bought some and you're in Riga now, you can probably pick it up there. Um, so shout out to Bull Bitcoin, Bull Bitcoin. Dot com if you're in Canada looking to buy Bitcoin. Have you seen those guys out there yet, Matt? No, I think they just landed, so I'm going to find them after this podcast. Have you seen any freaks out there? 
Yeah, yeah. I uh, I met a met a guy Tom from Poland who listens to the podcast and recognized me by my voice, which is always going to be weird, but it's still pretty cool. That it, shout out to Tom. What's up, Tom? Um, and speaking of shout outs, we got a shout out uh, from a freak this week. A very good one uh, from from a Bert McRoy. Hi, TFTC. Your podcast marketing is just fine. Thank you, Bert. Uh, whatever your marketing budget is, it's bigger than the budget of Bitcoin two years in. I don't know, but did Bitcoin have a budget? Uh, exactly. Neither do we. <laughs> <laughs> if you're hearing complaints about marketing, you're getting the same feedback Bitcoin did. Thanks, Bert. Uh, I'd say that means you're doing something right. You can read this on the air, but only while drinking Islay malt. I'm sorry. I'm not drinking Islay malt. Uh, maybe I'm breaking the conditions of this shout out right now. Uh, I'd love to hear more about Bitcoin as a long-term force for wealth equality. Over the long haul, the health of human freedom depends upon a fair economic system, which can reward entrepreneurs without concentrating the power of wealth in a few unjust hands. The Bitcoin network is such a system, but an outsider would never find it out from media coverage. Uh, are you open to building an amateur top three Bitcoiners on the topic? Uh, I've put together a short argument that Bitcoin's intrinsic properties discourage long-term wealth inequality. Uh, where to share with like-minded in-groupers? Stay humble, Bert McRoy. Bert, shout out to you, bro. That was a, that was a long one. He got his money's worth. He did get his money's worth. We might have to put a put a character cap on these on these shout-outs at some point. No, uh, I like the Bitcoin long network. Ones. Uh, yeah. There, um, well, I think we should should state that there there could still be with some wealth concentration in a Bitcoin world, but uh, it uh, it is a much fairer system in the long run. It's not well, as easy to concentrate wealth as it is uh, in the current system. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's going to magically fix inequality, but it it does provide a fair money that um, doesn't inherently disadvantage people, right? Disenfranchise people. Uh, I think it's like it's actually I have Nick Carter's recent post in our show notes, which I think does a really he did a really good job uh, highlighting that um, Bitcoin as a nonviolent rebellion. Yeah, no, it's a great segue. That post Nick dropped that last Saturday, I believe. So almost a week from when we're recording this. And uh, yeah, it's really Nick has an incredible way with words. If you haven't read the piece yet, definitely go check it out. Uh, it really sets the stage and goes through a number of things. The way uh, no coiners look at Bitcoin, the way uh, altcoin and the ICO boom sort of had no soul. Uh, and the reason that uh, altcoins are probably not going to survive in the long term is because they don't, they don't have a, a principled uh, user base. And, and Bitcoiners are really principled and, and because I think they understand the gravity of the situation and uh, the the gravity of the technology and, and what it means to the incumbent system. Yeah, I mean, and th this post was uh, Nick at its best, at his best. Uh, just really, really fantastic all around, and, and everyone should read it. Uh, I don't think we can really do it justice talking about it. Neither do I. Neither do I. Uh, one thing we should talk about, I believe we touched on it last week, uh, is there's a lightning CVE bug that is being exploited in the wild and there was a bit of confusion earlier this week as to what version to upgrade to it was believed that if you were on lnd 0 0.7.0 uh you would have been okay on the beginning of the at the beginning of the week but apparently 
if you're not on 0 0.7.1, uh, you're vulnerable to the CVE bug, and it still hasn't been disclosed yet, right? Correct. It hasn't been disclosed. Update ASAP. Uh, that means that the CASA nodes were vulnerable. Uh, so if you haven't updated your CASA node within the last two days, three days, make sure you um, log on and and the update will pop up. So make sure you, you do update that as soon as possible. Um, yes. Yeah. What, what's great yeah, was uh, yeah. Keto Miner, who I also saw, uh, and I met his wife. She's fantastic. Uh, he had the Noddle was updated to uh, 0 0.7.1 very very like a couple weeks ago if not longer so that that was that was pretty awesome so shout out to the noddle team shout out to noddle tell those guys i said what's up uh miss them but yeah no the cv back to the cve bug though like uh have no idea what it is but it is being exploited apparently so something to be aware of i mean they said it's been exploited but we also we don't have i don't think they actually uh, as part of you know it not being fully disclosed yet, uh, what it entails, I don't think they've um, shown the examples of it being exploited yet. They just told us it's been exploited, so it's something we'll we'll keep watching and we'll definitely discuss uh, next week. Yeah, maybe it's something where the researchers have found the the exploit and have exploited it, but nobody else has found it yet. I think could be a situation. I think I saw in passing it also had something to do with nodes that allowed remote connections. Um, so it might be a little bit more limited, but I'm, I'm not positive. And yeah, so I, we'll see. I, I, I think what they're disclosing next week. So hopefully by um, next episode, we'll have, we'll have more details. Stand by freaks. We'll be uh, keeping you abreast of the situation as it unravels here. Um, next up dig from the dead. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know if you freaks saw it last night on Twitter. I announced I started curating a Bitcoin channel on dig.com. Uh, a lot of you are saying right now, dig.com, what the fuck? I haven't heard about that in like 10 years. Uh, but fuck it. They reached out to me. Uh, I have a actually close connection to dig via, via my job, uh, my wage cuck job. And they reached out and said, hey, would you want to curate this Bitcoin channel? I said, why not? Joe Rogan is still a big fan of Dig. He was talking about it on his podcast on Monday. So uh, if uh, able to help the, the Dig audience uh, learn about Bitcoin, get good information in front of them, then why not? That uh, seems like a win-win. It's a pretty easy curation process. I mean, I'm already basically curating a lot of information via the bent in this podcast. So it's a lot of recycled material from what we talk about. But uh I think just getting it out to a bigger audience, a bigger distribution is, is all the better for Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, I think it's great that we have a smart Bitcoiner in control of the account. Um, I, I think, what you say? There's like, there's over 3 million impress impressions per month. Is that it? Was that the stat? Yeah, 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 so believe it or not, there still is, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's not for nothing. That's, that's, pretty, yeah. that's pretty big. We might as well control it, right? Someone's got to do it. And just a disclosure <laughs> here, you're not getting paid or anything. Uh, there was like some accusations thrown around. There, there's this is not like a no, no. sponsorship deal. No, Dig is not paying me though. They they, as a platform, are working on ways to help uh, channel curators and content creators monetize via the platform. But it would not be like Dig paying you directly. Um, but again, and there and that's the other thing. The Dig is open to experimenting with Bitcoin and like Bitcoin and Lightning network payments as well uh, at some point in the future. So. 
Um, yeah. Oh, and there's there's a Bitcoin tab on their homepage now that links to it, right? That's pretty badass. Yeah, yeah. So that uh, something I'll have to keep up with. That's one thing I'm going to have to get used to in the new workflow is, is lining content, content up for that site. So if any of you freaks have interesting content, I've put like the BitBoy and uh, that uh, Raspberry Pi Blitz POS system, uh, your your demo to the, to the Lightning Network, cool things like that. Um, any old timeless writings about Bitcoin. I'm trying to, trying to get pieces that have stood the test of time uh, in front of people that may not know much about Bitcoin. Um, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun. We'll see how long, uh, how long you keep it up. I love it. I love it. So did you see this, uh, this New York payroll company exit scam? <laughs> Incredible exit scam. It's so fucked it's, up. Uh, it's very fucked up. So, but wow, how is this even possible? So do you want to break it down? Yeah. I mean, so there's, there's this cloud payroll company, right? So like, uh, all these like smaller companies outsource their payroll to this this New York based company, um, and instead of the employees getting paid uh, at the end of the week as they usually do, where they get direct deposited their their you know their fiat salary through you know through the banking system, um, they actually got debited two weeks pay from the company, and then all the money moved. And the CEO fucking disappeared. Yeah. Classic exit scam. Yeah, we see this all the time in the Bitcoin world. And everyone always says, you know, oh, this is an issue with Bitcoin. Um, but the US dollar, it's not. The U.S. dollar is tainted with criminal activity. You cannot, you cannot associate yourself with it. It's the currency of criminals. Absolutely. No, but I uh, I also think it's interesting here is that, you know, Bitcoin is a push system, right? So if you're doing uh, Bitcoin payrolls in the future, uh, you can't, the, it actually, Bitcoin fixes this. You can't, you can't have a situation where, where a company would then, you know, pull out. That's like almost the most fucked up part. Not only do these people not get paid uh, their salary for the week, um, but they, they got debited. They, they, they lost previous salary. That's crazy. Yeah, so on top of it being a push system too, like I can imagine that like these payroll flows will just be structures on top of Bitcoin wallets that are built, UIs on top of Bitcoin wallets that are built, similar to what BTC Pay Server is doing, just for like a payroll. It'll be open sourced, and you won't have to rely on a third party. So like another classic, classic, another classic example of uh, third parties are security holes. Libra. Did you see? So the, the French economy and uh, finance minister Bruno Le Maire said Libra will not be allowed in the EU. Uh, fatal blow for <laughs> Libra pre-launch. Any thoughts on this? I haven't been following Libra since uh, since the first flare up of Libra a couple months ago. What uh, have they have they progressed? Uh, the product at all? Are they testing it? I have the the uh, partnering companies is an R three like situation where they're they're not uh, agreeing with each other yet? I mean, I, I think they're in like a holding pattern for U S approval and EU approval, but clearly it looks like EU approval is not going to happen. I don't think you know U S approval seems unlikely unless they 
completely bend the knee. Um, you know, maybe they'll make some compromises here for the EU. But uh, what would we say our earlier guess was 30% likelihood of launching? I would say that's even lower. Um, I, I kind of wanted to couple this with uh, an announcement slash disclosure that I, I, I am now advising Bottle Pay. That's bottle.li, um, which is a we're basically trying to make like the easiest to use lightning wallet, um, you know, for especially for beginners. And it, it integrates directly with social media handles. Um, so so they actually announced um, Instagram integration uh, yesterday. So meanwhile, Libra is stalled, but sats are quickly going to become the currency of Facebook's platforms. Satses? Sats. Sats the standard. Yes. Well, congrats, man. That's huge. And uh they're they're lucky to have you. So what you're you were telling me last week you're just gonna tell them make it non custodial. Uh what what is your goal with bottle pay in particular as an yeah. advisor? So I mean I actually I've been talking to them since before the launch. Uh I, I guess like they, they were about to like soft launch. And then I tweeted it out and kind of blew up their spot. This was, you know, a couple months ago. Um, and I've been talking with them ever since. So this is more, it's become, you know, official finally. Uh, and they are giving me a small amount of equity, full disclosure, uh, for that advisorship. You know, I told them, I told them three main things in the beginning. Uh, I said, you know, we, we needed to be non-custodial. Um, no shit coins, uh, no tokens, you know, no ICO or anything like that. And basically try everything possible to insulate ourselves from ever needing to do KYC. Um, so the, those are like the three big tenants. Uh, and and just, just to make a really easy Lightning wallet that can, you know, there's so many complaints people have with using Lightning right now. And I think they've already addressed a lot of those complaints. I mean, you don't even need, if you use it on Twitter, for instance, there's no invoices necessary. Um, you go to their, their web app. Uh, you, you don't even you just put in a username of any of any of their of their integrated social platforms. They also are doing messaging apps. You know they have Telegram integrated, and you can just send payments uh, with no invoices required. Uh, so it's it is it's extremely user friendly Lightning Wallet, and, and that that's the goal. That's the goal here. Boss, mass adoption, baby. It's on the way. Congrats again, dude. That's awesome. Um, Looking very much looking forward to seeing you guys get on the fucking list of uh, RHR week in and week out in the future. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's yeah. It's, I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, you know some of my favorite podcasts. Uh, I there's like there, there's this one podcast I listen to, a non Bitcoin podcast, and his wife works for Facebook, and it's a tech it's a tech podcast. Um, so literally every single time they talk about Facebook, he has to start off with disclosure. My wife works for Facebook. And so I, I look forward to, to saying the disclosure over and over again. <laughs> we will disclose here at TFTC. No, yeah, that's what I got accused of last night. It was like not disclosing if I was getting paid by Dick. I was like, uh, I'm not getting paid by Dick. Uh, but people, yeah, people are uh, anal about disclosure. So thank you for that disclosing. That's good. They should be. They should be. Don't trust Verify. I'm, I'm happy That's about true. that. Um, next up on the list, huge, huge news just for Bitcoin in the mainstream, in the psyche of the masses. Uh, Premier League club Watford 
has a Bitcoin logo on their jersey. Uh, Sportsbet.io uh, is is a sponsor that's doing this. They want to bring awareness uh, of Bitcoin to the world, and they're trying to up the awareness game. I believe Sportsbet.io is a platform where you can gamble using Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, Bitcoin's uh, is one of their you know funding and withdrawal mechanisms. It's it's particularly well suited for online gambling. Um, especially, you know, in America, for instance, you can't, it's, you know, it's, it's very hard. A lot of times it's very hard to get your money in and out of these, these websites. And, and, and with Bitcoin, you could do it really quickly. Uh, did you see the Jersey? It's pretty fucking badass. They put a, a big ass Bitcoin logo on, on the sleeve. Yeah, no, like it almost looks like a captain stripe, uh, just on the sleeve. Uh, but no, it's Bitcoin. Everybody's gonna be like, is that the captain? No, no, that's Bitcoin. I, I kind of want to buy a Jersey just just because it's badass so i might do that we'll see they do not accept bitcoin for the jerseys yet but honestly like i would buy it with fiat so i don't even doesn't really matter uh my body's not really well suited for soccer jerseys i don't think i'd be able to to wear them yeah i mean i don't really think anyone's are at least like the authentic ones like they're they're designed for performance over um looks but you know maybe maybe i'll get one and just put it on the wall I, I think they 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 are they are jerseys are well suited as as wall adornments. I agree with that. Probably have to get a frame, get a frame so it doesn't get too dusty and dirty. You want yeah, to absolutely. Show respect to the Bitcoin emblem, you know. It's not uh, a shit coin, you know. The shit coin, the shit coin jerseys can go up on the wall without a frame, but the Bitcoin ones have to. They they need to be framed. Yeah, well, speaking of shit coins, uh, maybe you can use your your airdrop shit coin from Stellar on their key base airdrop and maybe put that towards buying a jersey so did you did you get are you on key base i am i'm not even going to claim it i don't is it worth it how so many sats I, is it so i wasn't going to claim it um i i actually love key base besides their stellar integration which so stellar's funding key base they've been funding them for a while hence uh so so key base added a stellar wallet um, onto Keybase, you know, Keybase allows you to um, link a PGP key, uh, and it also works as a chat app. Uh, it's it's probably one of the best encrypted chat apps that are available. You know, I, we have we have a group, uh, Bitcoin BTC. Uh, if you look it up on Keybase, I, I think it's over 200 members now. Uh, so it's just a really it's a great app besides their shitcoin integration. And they dropped they airdropped Stellar onto the community there. Um, which is, I think, in really poor taste and against their their goals. And and the way the way the press release was, they just were shilling the shit out of Stellar, which really really pissed me off. So you know, I'm thinking about moving to an alternative. But in the meantime, I realized uh, someone mentioned on Twitter. I realized that that Tor accepts the Tor project accepts Stellar donations. So I decided that I was going to accept my airdrop which was worth about $20 at the time. Uh, I think it was like 350 uh, Stellar tokens per person, uh, which, yeah, about $20. And then I immediately donated it to Tor, and I, I tweeted it out. And it got a lot of traction. And since then, uh, 17,000 Stellar have been donated to Tor. So that's a little bit over $1,000 at current prices. You know, Stellar's like $0.06 cents a token. Uh, so that's pretty good, you know. It's like you may, let's make Stellar pay for our privacy project. Like that's let's support Tor with free money. All right, all right. Maybe I will claim mine now. Is also, it easy to claim? 
Yeah, I would, they made it really easy to claim, which is actually kind of worse. I don't know. And now I, I can't remove the Stellar address from my from my account, which is kind of kind of sucks. But it does mean I will get the future airdrops every month. So I will every month when they send me about twenty dollars worth, I can then donate it to Tor. And I've been watching Tor's address. They just immediately dump that shit on Kraken. So it's it's decreasing the price of Stellar. It's funding an important privacy project. Um, and Stellar has support for a little memo uh, when you send a Stellar transaction. So I made sure to shill Bitcoin in the memo as well to just you know get another another benefit there. I'm proud of you, Matt. What a spin! Way to, way to take a a bad situation and turn it into a good one. It's a perfect example of 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 uh, turning the tables on the people who thought they're going to airdrop this shitcoin on us. Yeah, I mean, I think it sends a message. You know, I think it's important to be like positively toxic you know to a degree and uh, it was actually kind of funny the at first the tour like people at tour were thanking the stellar community because they were like holy shit we never receive any stellar donations and all of a sudden we're getting all this stellar donations and uh you know bitcoiners were really quick to point out to them on twitter that it was actually bitcoiners doing it and that there is no such thing as a stellar community they do not exist (laughs) they like to pretend they do uh, and it should be noted that Stellar uh, has a man behind the project, Jed McCaleb, who was also the original owner of Mount Gox and one of the f- creators of Ripple as well. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Yeah, he's like a disenfranchised uh, creator of Ripple. And he also dumped Gox to uh, Carpolis, uh before all this shit completely hit the fan. I think they were already a bit insolvent when he did that. So just questionable all around. Uh, one of the funny stories about Jeb is uh, he, when he decided to leave the Ripple project and start Stellar, which is just a fork of Ripple, uh, he had a shit ton of Ripple because they pre-mined the whole supply. Um, and they forced him to not, I think they took him to court and they forced him to not dump it all at once. So he has like a certain amount he's allowed to dump every week. And like clockwork, every week he just dumps a shit ton of ripple. I think it's millions of dollars worth of ripple a week or something like that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, right? whatever the limit is. But I remember when he, that was like the one ethical thing he did do, or like semi-ethical, I guess, is that the reason they were able to stop him was he did pre-announce that he was about to dump his, his entire ripple stash. So the price crashed before he could even start dumping it, uh, which, you know, it's like, I give him a little bit of credit, I guess, for that, right? Yeah, so it's not like Charlie who got out and then announced on CNBC that uh, it would probably hit an all-time high, Litecoin. Yeah, yeah. You know, Charlie was a little bit all right, I guess, about it, too. I guess he kind of told people beforehand a little bit. They had a little bit of time at the top to get out after he said it. But uh, we, uh, the freaks know how we feel about the, the Litecoin situation. That was just, that reeked of of just lack of ethics all around, especially, you know, he was, he was a Coinbase CTO at the time. People don't forget. People don't forget, freaks. Um, speaking of don't forgetting, don't forget uh, Coldware firmware update has been, or excuse me, Coldware, cold card firmware update has hit the market 2.1.4, uh, and this is for multi-sig change outputs. Uh, have you been talking to Rodolfo about this? Um, while you're out there, or Matt's getting a phone call right now, or a message. 
Um, yeah, so we actually got our cold card demonstration here in New York on the 26th. Uh, we're going to be doing that at Chain Code Labs. It is sold out, unfortunately, but um, we're looking forward to doing that very much. Matt, are you good now? What's going on? I'm finally You can't back. hear me. I'm finally back. I'm sorry about that, dude. Uh, you know, my phone was also connected to my headphones by Bluetooth, and someone just called me, and I couldn't figure oh. out what was going on. Oh, welcome back. I just went on some random rant. It was uh, probably made no sense to the freaks. Okay. But the cold card. Have you talked to Rodolfo about the uh, the latest cold card firmware update? No, I haven't. But you know, update. It's it's just it's a simple bug fix. Um, it, it, they had there was some issue with multi sig uh, change outputs. Uh, that that some were showing up as incorrect, even though they were correct. So you know, just there's a firmware update if you want to go update that. Bang bang. Um, no, and I was uh, going on about uh, our demonstration here in a couple weeks. What's it? Uh, what's going through your mind planning this? Are you nervous about teaching thirty people at once how to use a cold card? So first of all. The important thing here is do not email chain code about this event, guys. Everyone keeps emailing them. You know, don't do that. They're just being nice and host, like allowing us to use their space for it. Um, it is very much our event that we are throwing, uh, not, not them. Um, and it is, it is all filled up because we're trying to keep it small for the first one. Uh, I think we have 33 people are coming. Uh, so, so it should be good. I, I am extremely nervous about it this is the first time we're doing a workshop um evan kaludis who i'm doing it with and is is just a fucking really great dude and you know really smart so i'm excited to be doing it with him uh and you know it's just been a whirlwind because i'm in riga right now uh and then i get i get back and i go to a wedding across the country and then i get back from that and then like a couple days later uh we have the workshop so i'm i'm gonna meet up with him and i'm gonna meet up with uh with Josh Beefsteak Josh, who is uh, is is helping us, you know, coordinate the whole thing, and I think he's going to give like a little presentation in the beginning. Uh, so we'll, we'll do like a full walkthrough and, and and figure out exactly how we're going to uh, do this, and hopefully we we should have a couple other uh, New York City Bitcoiners who are are our close friends, you know, walking around and helping us. Uh, you know, if people have questions, I, I expect you to be doing that as well. I actually haven't asked you yet, but but I just assumed you would be helping. So there you go. Oh, I'm always around to help. Don't worry. I don't know how much of a help I'll be, but I'll be there to try to help. There you go. Hopefully, maybe uh, if you can, if you have time, I, we have we still have to figure out when we're doing it. But if you have time, like a couple of days before when we do the the test walkthrough of, of how we're going to actually structure the course, like maybe maybe you should come and meet up with us too at the same time. That'd be great. We'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Me and Matt coordinating plans here on the episode of Rabbit Hole Recap. <laughs> you know, no, if, you came to, yeah. if you came to Riga, we could coordinate it here. But since since that's not the case, we're, we're going to do it live on, on air. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but yeah. So Chain Code is not, not hosting this event. Um, so yeah, do not email them. Email us. Reach out or Twitter DM us. Uh, but on... Uh, on the while we're on the note of chain code, make sure you go check out uh, the episodes I did with the with the summer residents. They're lesser known Bitcoiners. 
if like a lot of people, I'm myself included, sort of go on Twitter and you you look to see how many followers somebody has and uh, decide whether or not they're worth listening to based off that. Um, but a lot of the the residents that I interviewed from Chain Code uh, are not that big on Twitter, but they have incredible. Uh, points of view on Bitcoin uh, and and are doing some pretty incredible stuff. So uh, it's pretty cool to see Chain Code supporting these people a lot. Of, and that was the other thing I was amazed at is how young some of these residents were and, and how talented they they are and how lucky we are to have them focus on Bitcoin at this point in their lives. And it's great how they come from all around the world, which is it's just pretty inspiring. Um, and yeah, you did, yeah. Gl- Gle- like Gleb from Ukraine, uh, Elokai from Israel, Fabian from Germany. Um, I'll release an episode uh, with this woman, Carla Kirk, uh, from South Africa next week. And yeah, it's just, it's crazy how uh, so many like-minded young minds from all over the world are, are coalescing on Bitcoin. Like, and we're lucky. How many? How many in total was it? Has has four chain code episodes been released? Um, so James Chang, Fabian, Elakai, uh, Richard Myers. Um, I know I'm forgetting one, another one right now as we speak. Somebody. Um, but Richard Myers was a separate one, right? That was the one with me. Yeah, or, but he was a resident this summer. Yeah, but yeah, I just meant yeah, I meant in the recent series. And you you did uh, you did the interviews at their at their new offices, right? Uh, James, I did at the office. The others, uh, I had them selfishly come to the studio. I like a uh, home field advantage, you know. It's 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 better that way. I get a chain code, and I I put the uh, put the seat the the chair leg on on the mic line and fucks up the audio. Yeah, you got you got scarred, and then you're like, okay, we're doing it in the studio from now on. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, no, but, uh, I haven't seen the new offices yet. They're pretty fucking dope, right? That's I mean, that's where we're hosting this workshop, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, they're uh, they're pretty insane. Right in right by Grand Central, um, great views of the city. Uh, looks like a a great place to to focus and work. Um, so yeah, anybody going to the event, you're you're in for a treat. Um, but yeah, just to end, tie up the, the chain code section here with the residents and the, the other good thing about the interviews too, it's like a wide range of topics from lightning to Schnorr signatures to, uh, the P2P network and, and how to protect that from attacks. Um, so definitely go check those out and be on the lookout for, for the last one dropping next week. Bitter finally uh, released their XPUB support. We've been talking about that for since we first had Ruben on the podcast, I think. When, when was that? Like a year ago? Half a year ago or something like that? No, it wasn't a year ago. It was yeah, it was earlier earlier this year. But that's uh that's one thing I'm interested to see. So he was worried about having everybody's ex pub. How's he how's he doing this in a in a privacy conscious way? Yeah, actually it definitely wasn't a year. Bitcoin is ridiculous time wise, you know. I feel like I've known Ruben my whole life. We met him like four months ago, five months ago. I'm about to see him in uh, like an hour after, right after this podcast. We're getting dinner. Pretty excited. Um, yeah. So they added XPub support. Bitter is the is a European service that makes it you know very easy to stack Sats. Uh, you just you set up your account 
and you you, you keep um, that's bitter b i t t r. Uh, when you send them a bank transfer, they just automatically send you the equivalent amount of Bitcoin. Previously, that was to a fixed address, just a single reused address, which obviously has some major privacy implications because if someone figures out your address and they're watching the chain, they can they can see every single bidder transaction you were doing. Um, so now he added XPUB support, and that means that every time this every time you you know you send them a a bank transfer, which also is really convenient because you can just set up your bank to auto um, do reoccurring buys by keep you know sending a, every every day or every week or every month send them a transfer and and they'll buy it for you um, it allows them to use a new address every time so yes this doesn't solve anything privacy wise from bidders perspective they still know all your addresses but if someone's watching the chain outside of a bidder just some you know random person or a chain analysis company or something like that um, they, they can't tell which purchases are your bidder purchases very easily. Um, you know, if, if you end up merging, you know, merging outputs or, you know, combining, combining transactions, then they, they might be able to figure it out, but it's, it's a lot more difficult. Now, the privacy issue here is if you upload an XPUB um, that has already been used, uh, then he can see all your past and, and future transactions. Uh, this is actually, that's how Shapeshift implemented their XPUB uh, support for their new KYC platform. So basically, Shapeshift is like doxing people's past and future transactions and connecting it to their real life identity through their shitty ass implementation. But with Ruben, um, with Bitter, he is he's actually he checks the XPub ahead of time to make sure, like when you go to upload it, it checks to make sure that uh, it hasn't been used There's before. No and if it if it, yeah, if it's been used before, he won't allow you to upload it to their servers. Uh, so that's great. And, and he, he made sure, you know, that there's a lot of uh, there's an education element there where he made sure to you know, tell people uh, that that bidder can see those transactions. They, they can see, you know, anything you use with that XPUB. And I, I think like the the ideal way here to use it is you know you like have like a hardware wallet or something that is your bitter hardware wallet and and you just know that all your bit all your your all your bitter purchases go to that that specific hardware wallet and then when it comes time to you know clean up your privacy a bit from from bitter then you can you know send it to wasabi or samurai um and then to cold storage from there yeah shout out to bitter for for getting that um getting that shipped but it also brings up where you're going on that uh explanation sort of just popped up in my mind the, the conversation of uh how we may have fucked up the vernacular of of particularly bitcoin addresses in the first decade uh it's better to think of uh, a public address as an invoice so you so you don't send it to the same or two different people the same invoice to two different people uh just sort of the the mental uh, framing of Bitcoin addresses more as invoices than than uh, static wallets that you send money to or tip jars that you send money to. Um, just a, a random thought that popped in my head. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, well, first of all, HD wallets did a uh, really good job at discouraging address reuse, uh, which is great. You know, I remember people used to just generate a single key um, a single address and just keep reusing it, which was horrible. 
And then the other thing is, you know, Lightning is by default uses one-time use invoices. So that should, as more people use Lightning, that should, you know, kind of kind of help in education in that, in that you know, people will visualize it more as a one-time thing, hopefully. Yeah. No, but it is, um, no, and to get a little heady here, but it is the perfect example of, of, uh, how something is what we may uh, deem as innocuous as, as calling these things addresses and, and wallets in particular or tip jars that we think are static and then people should be sending Bitcoin to um, really sort of muddies the water and, and creates a bad sort of uh, mental framework which can which can cause setbacks. I mean, we saw it with the with the uh, selling as Bitcoin as something that you can buy coffee with. Uh, at the protocol level or should be able to buy pot coffee with at the protocol level it should be fast free and frictionless uh and bitcoin was marketed as that f for a while and we've learned uh that due to the limitations of the system if we want to keep it distributed uh it should not be marketed that way yeah it's none of those things and also instant instant was the other one they would couple in there um and i you know i think a lot of it also is like we need to have the right tools so people can use it properly. I mean, for the longest time, um, the go-to way to, you know, take donations online was to post a, you know, a single address, a public address. And basically, not only are you reusing that address, but that address is forever tied to you online because you posted it online under your identity. Uh, so it becomes this huge privacy hole for you that becomes very hard to clean up. But now, on the other hand, we have stuff like BTC Pay server, which allows you to take donations um, in a trust-minimized way without without involving third parties while not reusing addresses. You can even take Lightning uh, that way. So, so it's pretty huge. I mean, look at TFTC. Like the way we we take our donations is is through BTC Pay. We don't re reuse addresses, and and people can do one-time Lightning invoices as well. Yeah, no, shout out BTC Pay. It makes it really easy. And it is an incredible privacy boost. Like nobody knows what invoices are being uh, produced except for us. On that topic, you were pretty you were pretty mad at BitPay this uh, not BTC Pay. You were mad at BitPay this week. You want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, yeah. So actually, I did, I found this sort of independent uh, media outlet within Hong Kong following the protest so i followed i think the guy who's running it i forget his name off the top of my head um but he made the world aware via twitter that uh bitpay they were using bitpay for their uh payment processor for for accepting bitcoin transactions and bitpay froze their account um as they were receiving donations from across the world so yeah that ticked me off a little bit you have uh uh a, a people within a country fighting for freedom and Bitcoin's supposed to be this freedom enabling tool. And, uh, you have some stupid third party that has been an enemy of Bitcoin for, uh, for a while now, uh, basically giving Bitcoin a bad name by sh shutting off, uh, this, this outfits, uh, access to their money. Yeah. It was, I mean, it's, it's even worse than just shutting them off. I mean, they, they're withholding a ton of money that they already have on the on the platform uh, and not allowing them withdraw it, which is is super fucked up. And, and I mean, your tweet really you you hit the nail on the head. I, I think it was fuck BitPay, use BTC Pay server, and 
you know, this is why BTC Pay is, is one of the most important projects in the space. You know, if they use BTC Pay, that, that, can't, that can't happen to them. And I, I'd like to add that, you know, I mean, you say it's a bad, it's a bad advertisement for Bitcoin. You know, BitPay famous, famously paid for, um, I forget which bowl game they sponsored, the Bit, uh, and they called it the Bitcoin Bowl for a college football. Um, that ad was a huge waste of money. But uh, every day BitPay fucks over people. I think it is almost the best advertisement BitPay has given to Bitcoin. You know, it's it's almost like every time we dunk on PayPal and say this is why we Bitcoin. You know, every every time BitPay decides to to fuck someone over, you know, this is why we Bitcoin. This is why we don't BitPay. Well, this also brings up a a good point too because I think while we shit on BitPay a lot, maybe they are proving that just like the nature of regulations and maybe let's just play devil's advocate here. Maybe Steven Spare is, uh, is a true Bitcoiner at heart, but he, he just runs a company that has to play uh, within the rules of international law because of the fact that he's a, he's a private company. Let's just say that's the fact. Uh, and he's had to posture his company and his actions in this fashion due to trying to play ball in the traditional system. Um, has been neutered, and that sort of proves to the rest of the market, like, all right, if BitPay can be forced to cut off uh, and freeze donations to this outfit in Hong Kong, like, BTC Pay server can never, like, they, nobody, Nicholas Dorier cannot freeze uh, the Bitcoin in my XPUB keys within my BTC Pay server. I have control of those. And so that actually, and we actually talked about this with Rockstar Dev in Dallas, and what I think people, when they talk about like a quote-unquote Bitcoin industry, I think a lot of them are thinking of, and I think this is going to happen, building products on top of Bitcoin and stuff like that. But I think maybe the first wave of the Bitcoin industry sort of expanding uh, and and really accruing economic value is going to be using services like BTC Pay Server to form fit Bitcoin functionalities on traditional companies. Um so it's basically saying, hey, we have this tool BTC pay server. Uh, you have a company that needs to be Bitcoinized, basically. And that's where a lot of industry jobs may come uh, from a software development standpoint is developers basically making companies BTC pay server friendly. Yeah, I mean, something like it. Well, first of all, I'm going to BTC Pay Day. The, I think it's the first ever BTC Pay Day on Monday in Riga. I'm super excited about that, almost more excited than the actual conference. Uh, so that's uh, you know going to be awesome. Uh, the second thing is Stephen Pear can go fuck himself. Uh, he's not a true Bitcoiner at heart. Uh, there, there are, yes, there's regulatory pressure on these centralized companies, and that's why BTC Pay uh, is such an important project, and, and they're doing it right. You know, It's open source. You run it yourself. You, ru- you run your own BTC Pay instance yourself. Um, but Stephen Pear has done so many things uh, as, as a tax on Bitcoin. I mean, even their, their whole invoice system currently, uh, I think you can only pay for it using BitPay's own wallet. You can't use other wallets to use it. The whole, the whole, their whole integration is broken. I mean, if you look at someone like OpenNote, who now has to implement KYC and like follow US FATFA regula- regulations and stuff, like they mean well. They're a centralized company. They have to comply. Uh, they're trying their best to service Bitcoiners and the wider community as best as they can. Um, but they're hamstrung, and, and that's why BTC Pay has an advantage over them. Um, but no, Stephen Pear can go fuck himself. I'm pretty pretty sure about I that. Mean, I, you know I would agree. I was just trying to play devil's advocate there. 
Uh, no, I, I know, I know. I'm not calling you out. I'm just, I'm calling Stephen Pear out. That's what I'm doing. No, that's a, good, it's a, it is a good way. Not to, my boy. The, it's a good way to steal, man, the fact that the open source is probably the better way. Um, even if you were a good Bitcoiner, he probably couldn't act in, in uh, the, a way we would see fit. Um, final topic here, something I talked about earlier this morning. Well, not in particular, but it was the theme of the bent this morning. Um, we got two topics left, excuse me. Um, but we'll talk about the last topic first and then go back to the other one because the other one will end it on a good note. Um, the ECB, the European Central Bank, Draghi came out, he cut rates, announced a new round of QE. Uh, they're negative rates. I believe it's negative uh, 50 bips now at this point. Um, so they've instituted NERP uh, in Europe and they're going further <laughs> below zero, uh, it seems. And... This caused a shitstorm in the White House. Trump came out uh, basically pointing out what the ECB is doing and saying that it's not fair that that Powell and the Fed are not moving as quickly because the ECB easing policy as the U.S. sort of uh, is a little bit more hawkish, strengthens the dollar against uh, competing currencies, which is bad for exports, which uh, is not advantageous for a country uh, in the middle of a trade war and trying to, to wean themselves off the the uh, the Chinese economy, basically, uh, which is Trump's economic plan. Um, and then, so on top of that, what I tweeted about, excuse me, uh, wrote about this morning was Charlie Bellello. Good follow on Twitter. I forget where he works for, but um, he's got, oh, he's always got great uh, macro finance and basically data tweets. And there's, he basically had a tweet. Uh, there's 18 central banks around the world right now, 18 to 20 all easing policy at the same time. So you have like a monoculture of thought across the, the mainstream economic landscape and central banking in particular. Um, and basically what you have when you have 18 countries, 18 central banks, excuse me, uh, easing policy, what easing policy means is they're lowering interest rates and printing money. Uh, they're all actively working to devalue their currencies against each other in hopes to raise their exports uh, to badden the, the balance sheet of their given countries. But again, when I said this morning, it's sort of a Pyrrhic victory because yes, your balance sheet may be bolstered uh, on the, like, and it may look good on paper, but you destroy the purchasing power of the people who are already working paycheck to paycheck and just getting by um, and creates a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of angry people at the end of the day. That's what I think it could lead to. So, we live in some weird times. Yeah, I mean, I think something that's really worth mentioning here is that uh, Draghi, the head of the ECB himself, said nine months ago that they were done, that they weren't uh, going to cut rates any further. Um, you know, the Fed said that they were going to start raising rates. Instead, they've gone the opposite way. Uh, so th- these guys, you know, they, they, they say one thing, they do another thing. They don't really even know what's going on themselves. You know, I, I, I think the, a big takeaway here is that no one really knows what to do. They're just stuck in this this super shitty situation that they created for themselves. Uh, and, and there was this interesting quote from Draghi. He said, negative rates will not provoke the collapse of the financial system, which is, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's telling. Uh, what are you, yeah. What are you trying to hide, bro? Are yes. you that worried? So Someone said on Twitter, they're like, don't believe anything unless there's an official denial. <laughs> uh no but it i mean no again just 
and what I try to get through in the the newsletter this morning is like just use the simple heuristic of complacency and conformity of thought and monoculture of of action just hasn't been good like people thinking Hillary can never lose against Trump people thinking housing prices can never fall before 08 um thinking that Amazon and Netflix cannot be or cannot replace Barnes and Noble and Blockbuster like to think that you can print yourself out of this alongside the the rest of the world is just stupid in my mind and it's complacent and the the conformity of action that is uh that is uh presented itself because of a a monoculture of of sort of economic thought across the world right now is uh yeah again this is why we bitcoin it's why we bitcoin that's basically the point i'm trying to make yeah, I mean, I, I look as as neg as rates go further and further negative, which they seem like they're inevitably gonna. That's what's gonna happen around the you around had, the world. You had Trump call for negative rates this week. Like, I, as somebody who's been following this for a while, like I never thought it would happen. That like he literally said we should probably go below zero uh, in a tweet, and to think that the president of the United States is openly calling number one that he's even like openly posturing towards the Federal Reserve, which historically. The Fed, it was just hilarious. It's supposed to be an apolitical entity separate of the government, and the politicians are supposed to have no influence over their policy. Like, the thought of a president saying something towards the Fed in a press conference, let alone over Twitter, uh, 10 years ago would would be, like, blasphemy. But it's like, it's happening every week now. Like, Trump's yelling at Powell, to take the interest rates below zero. It's insane. And, and, and as rates go lower, they're going to have to restrict cash further and further because um, people will pull their cash out of the banks and they will either put it under their mattress or put it in a warehouse with guards and whatnot. So, um, you know, Bitcoin fixes this, right? It does. And this is why we Bitcoin. And But again, like we, we talked about it last week, it, and that's another thing like it happens gradually then suddenly i'm not saying i'm not trying to call uh, uh i'm not trying to call uh, an imminent crisis or anything but i think just use argentina as a good example uh they we talked about it last week they uh had a crazy devaluation after an opposition party uh, unexpectedly won an election uh, their currency got cut in half overnight and then the government then instituted capital controls, and so they can only move ten thousand dollars worth of uh, pesos in the U.S. dollars a month. I'm pretty sure right now, and that's why we always say it here: you gotta get Bitcoin before you need it, because um, it seems like people who need it the most are are being constricted from getting access to it. Absolutely, be prepared and be aware. Be aware. Um, all right. Ended on the good note. Is it a good note, though? Well, I mean, it's a good note that he's shilling Bitcoin on his Twitter and on interviews yeah. and stuff. We'll take that. Yes. So uh, Spencer Dinwiddie of uh, the Brooklyn Nets. You have the New Jersey Nets, Matt, in the notes. You got to uh, correct that. You got to get with the times. I know they were the New Jersey Nets for a while. They are now the Brooklyn Nets. Oops. Um, uh, so yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie, he's a Bitcoiner. He tweeted out last night, hashtag BTC, um, and it came out, he's tokenizing his $34 million 
uh, contract extension. Um, this is came out of the athletic. So it looks like, uh, he's trying to tokenize his, his future earnings and share with token holders. How do we feel about this, Matthew? Yeah. Do you remember Fantex? Fantex.com had a similar concept, but with like no blockchain involved, um, no token involved. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, I mean, uh, you refresh my memory before we, uh, recorded yeah, yeah. So basically, he's he's tokenizing future revenue, uh, so that people can then so he can get the money right up front from uh, investors, and then people um, are speculating, you know, on on getting more revenue than is currently uh, secured. Is my is my understanding? That's at least how Fantex worked. So uh, the the way Fantex worked was if you if you bought a stake in someone, and then you know they they finished their NFL contract and they signed a new contract you you had rights to that new contract and even if they became like an announcer or something or like a car wash spokesman you got a portion of that as well um which is you know i as far as you know these tokens aren't censorship resistant there's no um yeah it's it's nothing like bitcoin uh there there there's there's a use case there you know i i personally i think it could be kind of interesting you know with like college athletes and stuff who aren't allowed to get paid and then people are like, how how much should they get paid? You know, you know, do you pay a volleyball player the same as like a star, a star football player? And if, if you do some kind of like free market tokenization there, uh, the market can decide how much their future revenue could be worth. Right. And, and the, the player gets the advantage of like 10 percent of their of their revenue. They could get some of that ahead of time. You know, with Fantex, I don't know how Spencer's doing it, but with Fantex, it was it was never the full. It was never the full amount. They would take like a portion, you know, 10% future revenue, and they would tokenize that 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 portion. I've been interested to learn if the token holders get access to investment returns from investments he would make uh, with that upfront cash. Like, what if he took that upfront cash, bought Bitcoin? Would they have uh, would they have a rip of his his profit on that investment? I mean, the way Fantex had it set up, it was just everything. You know, like if he if he became like a lawyer afterwards, he would get a portion of that salary. I'm not sure how this is set up. It's behind a paywall, so I don't really know the full details. And he just announced it, so I have a feeling that the full details aren't really out yet. Uh, you know, so yeah. maybe we'll come back to it. I I do think this kind of goes to our... I want to see I want to see NBA players versus NFL players who can stack the most sats. Uh, so maybe we'll get some friendly rivalry between uh, him and and Russ Russ Okung. Yeah, no. And if again, like we talked about our, earlier in the episode too, with uh, Watford getting Bitcoin on the sleeve slowly but surely, Bitcoin is seeping itself into the pop culture. And I mean, at least here in America, uh, sports are. Sports are right up there with with uh, music artists and and uh, movie stars as uh, kings of culture. So to see the kings of culture getting into the Bitcoin game uh, is is awesome. So I, I think we have a little surprise to let the freaks know about, huh? Yeah. Speaking of culture, um, there's a way that you can uh, expand the free culture. We got two T-shirts that we're dropping. Uh, a Sub Freaks t-shirt similar to the hat, black on white, uh, embroidered Sub Freaks on the left breast. 
and a stacking sats shirt. We finally got a stacking sats. Sorry it took us so long. We wanted to do it right. We wanted to be careful of your opsec, so we try to make it as low-key as possible. Matt has been chomping at the bit to get the stacking sats shirt out. How does it feel to finally launch it? I've been just poking you like every day for like the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, well, I had to. I had to make sure the quality was good. I had to make sure. So the other thing is, this is in uh, in uh, an effort to make it as seamless as possible and as uh, as the least amount energy, uh, not the least amount of energy, but uh, to make it so I don't have to ship shirts one by one to everybody. I partnered with the with the. Uh, processing company so i'm not going to be able to write personal letters to everybody but uh i did want to make sure the quality of the product was good so that's why we delayed a little bit it took took a few days for for the shirts to arrive i'm wearing the subfree shirt now it's extremely comfortable very fits very well to my size i'm an xl it's a perfect xl shirt for me um yeah i mean it looks so great the quality's good it looks great from over quality's here good, so we're we can pull the trigger so we're pulling the trigger trigger has yeah. been pulled I mean, and it also took us, it took us a fucking long time to nail down the design of the stacking sad shirt. Uh, we really don't want to ruin your OPSEC. So much of this, so much of this Bitcoin merch is just, it's like absolutely horrible for your OPSEC. I, you know, I, I, I see people coming to this conference in Riga and, you know, they're on the plane, they're, they're wearing all their Bitcoin merch. Like you're just screaming to everyone. Like, look at me, I own a ton of Bitcoin. Uh, or I own Bitcoin, not even, you know, maybe not a ton, but people always assume you own more than you do anyway. Um, so I, I really do think that if someone looks at this shirt, they won't know it has, if they're, if they're not a Bitcoiner, they will not know it has anything to do with Bitcoin. And if they are a Bitcoiner, they will absolutely know that it has, it has to do with stacking sets. So, so it's super exciting. I'm just excited to finally get it out there to the freaks. Um, and it's just a great way to contribute to the pod while also looking fresh. Yeah, no, we uh, we aim for quality and good aesthetics here at TFTC and OPSEC. Uh, we talk about it a lot. Um, but yeah, so you'll see the design. It's a, it's a honey badger stacking sats, um, and uh, you'll see it. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. And yeah, if you if you like the, the podcast and you want to contribute, this is a great way to do so. And, and we're giving the freaks who listen to this podcast on a, in a timely fashion are going to get, you know, they, they have a little bit of a heads up here. Uh, we're not going to publicly announce on Twitter for a couple hours after after the pod. So, thanks for listening yeah, on gonna, time. Yeah, thank you. We're gonna um, yeah. So go to tftc.io/slash/merch. That's where you can purchase these. And if you want to pay uh, in Bitcoin, it it's not uh, obvious right away via the the Shopify extension. We had to to uh, sort of create a, a plugin to, to make it work with Shopify. So you have to go to other payment options if you want to pay with Bitcoin. Uh, so if you want to do so that way, you certainly can. If not, PayPal, credit card, whatever is accepted as well. And that that's both on-chain and Lightning, correct? Yes. Yes, yeah. I'm pretty positive. I, I think the Lightning is also a little bit hidden. You have to like click the tab. It like defaults to on-chain. So if you want to pay with Lightning, just click the tab and it should switch over. Yep. So yeah, um, we're fucking pumped to finally get this out. This has been uh, a process. We've been working on the design and, and getting the, the shipping set up. So again, this is a ragtag team. This is just us uh, behind our desk in Brooklyn trying to trying to build this up for you freaks. And uh, I think you guys are going to like the shirts. So go check it out. And we have a lot more coming as well. So uh, stay tuned. Yeah. 
and and also Marty, Stakes. Marty like kind of mentioned at the beginning of the pod when he like pulled up the price and the block height. But uh, we ju- we just pushed live a change to the site that that has you know live stats uh, scrolling on the top of the site. So let us know how, how what you think of that. You know if if you think that there should be anything else up there. Marty, do we add do we add price per sats yet? Sat, you know sats per dollar or sats per cent yet? Yes, we got a lot of great feedback earlier this week. DJ and I have sidebar. DJ is uh, the developer is working with me on the site and. Um, he he can only work on weekends so this weekend. Yeah, he's going to push. Uh, I think we're going to have a countdown to the happening, uh, either cent per set or dollar per set, or maybe dime per set just for the dime bag um, to stay on brand there. Um, and uh, we're going to fix the homepage as well. It's not going to be the letter that I wrote six months ago. Uh, it's going to have all of our content in sort of layered fashion, uh, newsletter, podcast, YouTube, uh, Nothing, nothing revolutionary, but uh, I do like the ticker. The ticker has been great for me this week. It's actually cool to watch the the hash rate oscillate uh, via the ticker over over the course of a day. Um, it's it's it really uh, sort of drives home the the amount of computing power entering and and leaving the market at any point in the day. Oh, th- that's actually I'm glad you said uh, the hash rate thing because that would have been one of the topics that I was like, oh shit, we should have talked about. Uh, hash rate continues to hit all-time highs um and you know through through some what we've heard uh on you know through side channels and stuff is that it's it's mostly due to new hardware that's being deployed uh you know more efficient chips so it's just you know really good to see just the the bitcoin network getting stronger and stronger every day more investment coming into secure it yeah we t- i think we touched on it last week or a couple weeks ago the what's miners uh the m I believe the M20 series or the M5 series, I forget. Um, M20S, maybe. Uh, they started yeah, but- shipping last month and going online this month. And hash rate, like, it hit it hit over 100 exahash at some point earlier this week. And so that means it's it's gone up like 2.5x since the beginning of the year, which is pretty crazy. But specifically since then, you know, we've talked to a couple of people. I don't think we can say any specifics, but... Uh, there's a there's a quite large company that is deploying a lot of new hardware um yes right so 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 we do have like a soft confirmation there that uh it seems like you know most of this bump is 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 that new hardware coming online so that's awesome to see yeah it is awesome to see um yeah we're gonna keep trucking week and week week in week out dude we might be Approaching our year anniversary rabbit hole recap. I got to go back and look when the first one was. Let me see. Let me see if I can pull it's, it up real quick. It's beautiful. I'm uh, looking forward to our anniversary, Marty. Um, podcast husband. Who's calling us podcast husbands? I'm I'm calling I'm, I'm calling you my podcast husband. That was that was my wording. <laughs> Feel free to put me a new one on that. Let me figure this out. When was our first rabbit hole recap? But literally, uh, one of the first things people say to me is, "They're like, where's Marty?'" Dude, it's like I'm the. We miss. We missed our anniversary, but we missed our anniversary by like three weeks. It was August twenty second. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you didn't even get me anything, Marty. Well, I got no gifts. I, you didn't even get the stacking sat shirt in before the anniversary. Happy anniversary, man! Ha- happy That's anniversary, time flies. Marty. Yeah. Um, all right. I think this is a perfect place to end it. If you guys are liking the shit and want us to have more anniversaries in the future, please subscribe, leave a review, 
uh, go buy some merch. Let us know what you're thinking. Um, Matt, you got any uh, parting words from Riga? Stay humble, stack sats, be a good person. Peace and love, freaks.